0: welcome you all to the freedom coffee live stream um and to welcome you not to the best morning of your life but the best afternoon of your life and the freedom coffee live stream just so we remember where we are this is to celebrate the freedoms that we have and the freedoms that we fought for and other people other generations have fought for and work together on strategies to expand those freedoms in the future and how do we do that just by doing one thing. Well, a couple of things. Step one is you've got to get a cup of Freedom Coffee. So if you have your cup of Freedom Coffee, get it ready. And number two, everybody's, every, every idea and successful strategy starts with a positive mindset. And many of you heard uh, to, to my peril, I guess, my focus on positivity all through the Freedom Convoy and during these streams, despite the odd rant here and there. But who doesn't love the odd rant? so good afternoon and morning to all of you and some of you i spoke to a lot of people from england this week those of you who are in the uk or the uk uh good morning uh sorry good evening to all of you mm. that says no apology needed I'm starting to understand more and more uh the drive that truck drivers have to to work all the time yeah it's um like one of the frustrating things that happened to me good morning megan Sorry, good morning, good mo- Good afternoon. Uh, I was supposed to be back here uh, earlier, and then I was supposed to be back here later. I ended up uh, extending a day, uh, ended up at Love's Truck Stop in Bath, New York. Uh, yes, I know that sounds like a bathhouse or something like that, but no, that's an actual uh, chain of truck stops, which are awesome. Special thanks to uh, my brother and Bridget Belton, who told me, uh, stick with Love's, they're the best, and they are. And, uh... And I'm just here for a little bit, and then i got to get back on the road. So this is the time to do our uh, our little stream. So uh, Beth says, to answer your question, yes, everything is a scripted narrative. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. We Why can't we just be who we were meant to be without being manipulated, coerced, or controlled um, consciously or subconsciously? Very upsetting. Well, Beth, you clearly don't have much... To- much experience in politics, because that's all they do. Uh, that's reason reasons like people like myself who decide, oh, go to politics, and help, uh, you know, contribute and make things better. And then you learn how politics really works on the inside. And uh, we'll talk about that moving forward. By the way, um, the uh, just a side note, you know, I'm I'm dealing with this coder with YouTube and all that stuff. Hey, Jesse. You know, it's ironic. Have you noticed this, that YouTube is the worst search engine in the world? Like, they can't have a functional search engine. The irony of the biggest search engine company in the world, their video platform has a search engine that's just unusable. I don't know. I was looking for, I was trying to get some some stuff on YouTube. I was doing some research and I typed in somebody's name and the topic in the search bar, and you would think, because YouTube uh, does an auto um, transcript of all of their speed of everything there, you'd think you would have the search engine part of the video platform for a search engine company would yield you the returns that you query for, but that doesn't seem to happen. You know what you get? You get fake news. That's it. You get fake news articles. It's crazy. Um, Jesse, okay. Rocky screamed for ten minutes till I came on the TV. So here I am. Well, thank you, Rocky, and thank you for Jesse. It's nice to see that uh, my biggest fan uh, has a couple of wings. So <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so the theme for today, as I'm, there many times we'll do this where I'm going to try to focus on on certain themes. Today's theme is everything is fake news. Everything. It's just, it's so crazy what's going on in the world and how so many people, so many of us, are being pushed into different camps based on narratives and based on fake news. But, you know, it is what it is. Megan says, yeah, YouTube uh, so sucks. Did a search today and they showed me a whole bunch of stuff not related to to what I typed. Yeah, but I bet you got a bunch of legacy media sources uh, on a topic that may be tangentially related but not related, it's just really you you' think search engine company isn't that supposed to be what they do and youtube is the big is the second largest search engine on the internet, and it's not usable anyways so uh under the theme of everything is fake news, I want to talk a little bit before we start about ethics. Does everybody remember ethics? I remember ethics I remember ethics classes. Um, ethics is seems to be completely absent from all politics, unfortunately, no matter what. And I think that was the big thing I struggled with uh, within politics. Ethics for me is vital. It really is that, you know, people always ask me, why am I so confident? I don't know, because I try to be ethical no matter what. I always try to focus on making the ethical decision and the truthful decision. Um, And ethics, I think, leads down that path. And by the way, by the way, I know people will get upset at me for this, has nothing to do with religion. Nothing to do with religion. If you need religion to give you an ethical code, there's something wrong with you. It is intrinsic to who we are. We know the difference between good and bad, um, pain, uh, pain and suffering versus feeling content. We know that. That is intrinsic to the human experience, regardless of your religious affiliation. It's just I hear that hollow argument all the time, uh, this fallacious argument that if we don't, you know, if you don't have a religious framework, how could you know what is good and what is bad? I'm like, well, if you were not, if you're a psychopath, I guess you wouldn't know. But a regular human being? Yeah, I think we all know. So uh, I think that's a that's a thread we can abandon, my personal opinion. I'm not that's not. Not saying I have no problem with religion, I'm just saying uh, those value systems, thank you yeah uh, agree agree jesse so um and for me, the pillar of ethics is truth, which is why during the convoy, I spoke truth since then i speak I spoken truth when i talk when I go to the bitcoin conferences and I talk about monetary policy and bitcoin, I'm trying to speak about you know truth in fiscal policy, which is what I think we're we're getting to versus stealing people's wealth under a lie. And I think we need to be as truthful as, p- as possible because if we are truthful, then we will maintain an ethical framework because a house that's built on lies has no foundation. And that's not a safe place to be, in my opinion. So the first thing we're going to talk about and everything is fake news. What do you think about TikTok? Any opinions on TikTok? I have, um, and yeah, I've, I've had a bunch. I know I, I, people. I, everybody wants wants me to talk about Tamara. I get that. Uh, and Dave Rubin. I'm going. I'm going to get there. Um, and I, I hope most of you have seen uh, my last stream about the interview with Jordan Peterson. So wow, I know a lot of people have watched it actually on multiple platforms. But let's first. Let's first go to the 50,000 view. Let's go to TikTok, right? Um, one of the frustrations I had during the Freedom Convoy is I didn't use I didn't use Facebook. That's where all the rumor spreading came out of the 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 Big Con Canada Inc or political convoy, shall we say. Uh, that was all disseminated over Facebook. i am not I was not a, I didn't even have Facebook anymore at that time. I've since created an account because well, I have no choice. Yeah, you got to Gotta kind of get the word out somehow. So, uh, my old Facebook account was uh, deleted because of consp- some um, well, some people who lack ethics in aaron O'Toole's former failed uh, leadership of the Conservative Party. Believe it or not, they're the ones who deplatformed me because I was exposed. They they do what's called brigading. Again, like I said, there's no ethics in politics. So uh, during the convoy, one of the, the the frustrations I had is here we were in Ottawa. Advocating for freedom, ending of mandates, and that we didn't want data tracking from the government. Yet so many people went out on TikTok and used TikTok, uh, and I couldn't figure out why. I mean, what do you keep using TikTok for? The shareability is a little bit easier in TikTok, so I get that. That's a that's a score for the systemiza- the functionality of the systemization of of the app. So I'll give it that. But I think what people got addicted to, they got addicted to the dopamine heat, hit of, they'll put out a TikTok video, and they'll get, I don't know, 1,000, 2,000, 20,000, 50,000 views on that. So um, we've been running an experiment on one of my platforms, uh, Not On Record, which is the legal podcast that I help produce. Uh, that's, we're gonna have another episode tomorrow. And about six months ago, we set up, was six months ago, I guess, Maybe longer. We set up a TikTok, TikTok account, and I wanted to see how TikTok grows, the type of viewer engagement it has, and compare it. Here's the important part to the conversion rate. This is how internet marketing works, sort of thing. And um, what we've learned is there's we have some videos on our platform in uh, TikTok uh, that have surpassed half a million views. 400,000, 500,000, 600,000 views on some of the videos that we uploaded on TikTok. And you think, okay, great, great, that's awesome. Well, the important part is the conversion rate or the rate that it's shared. What do you think the conversion rate is? Right. What's a good conversion rate? What's a good conversion rate? 50%, 20%, 30%, whatever. Well it doesn't really matter because there doesn't seem to be a conversion rate on TikTok. So you put the the videos up, TikTok is known for having lots of bots, lots of artificial uh, uh, AI bots or pre-AI bots, let's say scripted bots, and I can't find any solid um, analytics or metrics that will prove that there's a significant number of people, of that 500,000 people that are watching the videos. It's all fake. They're all fake numbers. It's being viewed by bots. And I've been really uneasy with TikTok for, wow, well, since I set up an account. I set up an account for myself as well when I started preparing for the book, this book, honking for Freedom. Hopefully, you've all read it. Hunkingforfreedom.com uh, if you haven't. Um, and I started, uh, I've, sp- I've gone down this path and I'm 99% sure that those views on your TikTok account, they're fake. The comments are from bots, they're scripted, and that's about it. That's about all that's going on. It, obviously, not 100%. It might be 99. You know, nine zero 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 percent are fake, and there might be a few people that trickle in and, and use it. But it's a significant number. Uh, Of fake audience and fake engagement. So then it got me to thinking, well, then what is the point of TikTok? I couldn't find any good points other than maybe a dopamine hit here or there, but I did find some key negative points about TikTok, the everything is fake platform. So one is it's data mining your phone, okay? So it's going through all the information on your phone and it's trying to data mine as much as possible. Number two, did you know, this came out in an article about six months ago, I think, that TikTok tracks all the keystrokes in your phone. So if you're sending private private email or you're typing in passwords, TikTok is recording that. So it is potentially recording your passwords. So it tracks your passwords. The other thing is, it is uh, a psychological persuasion weapon. Uh, Scott Adams talks about this a lot. Uh, a lot of people in the behavioral science uh, world understand that this is what it is. This is the real concern. Um, that it's not. It's not that it's data mining. Yeah, it's doing that. But that's not the big concern. The concern is, it's being used to psychologically manipulate the viewer and the recipient. That's why you see and you see it. In contrast to TikTok in China, I can't remember the name of the company. It's a different company or a different brand name, but it's the same thing. In China, the TikTok platform, it's all wholesome content. It's content about bettering your life, about starting a family, uh, uh, do-it-yourself stuff in the home, fixing your computer, whatever. But in the West, it's all debauchery and degeneracy. It's all uh, gender confusion, and it's tar- targeting your children. And TikTok, apparently, according to Adams, it's got a heat button, essentially, that they can make anything they want go viral. So anything that's anti-American, anything that is poisoning the minds of young people and turning them against their their uh, local community, their family, whatever, if they see that sort of content, they can press the heat button and ensure that it goes viral. That's a psychological weapon. And the worst part of all of it is if you're an independent, you know, content creator and you're posting videos on Instagram or YouTube or your Facebook, whatever, and you go on to TikTok, it's all fake. So they're all fake views. That's it. It's all most of it, uh, the vast majority. So what's the upside in TikTok? Is there an upside? I don't know. It seems to be that it's being used by adversarials on the geopolitical stage for, as Yuri Bezmanov described it, as ideological subversion. That's the only thing I can figure out. So I still have a TikTok account. I haven't used it quite much at all. I have it on a burner phone. And I'm thinking it's just time to ditch that and get rid of it. What do you think? You think I should do that? I don't know. A lot of loudmouths. Who are politically politically captured by uh, Big Con Canada Inc., aka Political Convoy, that are on there that spew their mouths, and that's why I kind of want to see what's going on, right? <laughs> Jesse, Jesse says TikTok is the McDonald's of the internet. <laughs> that's an insult to McDonald's. Uh, Beth says I don't feel I don't have TikTok. Don't feel the need to ever get an account. Yeah, it's really kind of. I guess I'm going to... I don't know. I'll let you know what I uh, do. Uh, the next thing, here's something interesting. Remember remember when I first started streaming? How long ago was it? Six months ago? A while ago? Remember I talked about uh, this idea when I very first started. I asked this question, and that question was, who sabotaged the Freedom Convoy? Remember that? <laughs> Remember I started that? And I think some of the people watching thought, "Well, this is a crazy idea. What is Dictor on? What would what's he thinking about? What would he know? Oh yeah, that's right. He was there every day <laughs> running the media strategy and doing interviews and trying to ensure everybody was kept calm and that the entire thing stayed peaceful. So what would he know? <laughs> right? What would Dictor know? Um so I introduced, I, I introduced that idea of asking who sabotaged the Freedom Convoy. And then I went a little bit later and I introduced another concept that I wanna talk a little bit about now. And that was reverse hush money. Do you remember me talking about reverse, reverse hush money? If you do, put it in the comments, let me know. Uh, for those who are new or watching now or, or watching in the future, what is reverse hush money? Uh, actually, if you listen to the things that you said, they said before you started the stream, you would have known. <laughs> well, yes, I guess so. The uh, So this concept, the reverse, I mean, also in the POEC, right? That's the other thing. But we're going to delve, delve more into the POC, POEC over the next couple of months and get... Uh, and get right deep into it because I think it requires a lot of understand a lot of explanation. Because once again, I couldn't go uh, on onto the, the well, it looks like a set in a stage now that it was all staged, and just do a vlog and explain everything to everybody. I had to do this Q and A scripted nonsense. It wasn't scripted on my end, but it was on theirs to try to give them the result that they wanted. And that too it was all fake. Again, today's theme. <laughs> everything is fake news, everything, it's crazy, so reverse hush money, so what is hush money, hush money is like what Ezra Levant from Rebel News did, remember he got caught with those two kids from the UK, I don't know, three, four years ago, and Lauren Southern touched on it on her recent documentary called The Whole Truth, uh, her experience working in alternative media, uh, she goes over this in detail. And the the kids were they ended up recording uh, Ezra on a, on a hot mic, and he said point blank, "Here's the I think it was twenty thousand dollars." And he said, "I couldn't believe he said that." Here's a twenty thousand. This is your hush money. <laughs> I guess that's why when Preston Manning was trying to bribe, uh, not Preston Manning, he was in the meeting, but as soon as Preston got off the phone and Keith Wilson, I guess one of them that was there was Keith. It was. Um, Tamara, I, I don't know uh, Chad knows all the details. You can ask Chad online. Uh, but when Chad, was, when they're trying to bribe Chad to keep quiet, like they did everybody else, I, by the way, I never got an offer of a bribe. They uh, they gave him the ten thousand dollars, and I guess they should have said what Ezra Levant said, which is now this is your hush money. This this means you don't say anything, right? <laughs> Anyways, quite funny. So. That's what hush money is. You pay somebody, you buy someone off, and you pay them uh, to keep quiet. Which is there's a lot of it that's been going on since the convoy, and uh, people are getting anywhere from six thousand dollars to ten thousand dollars, sometimes more. Right. The <laughs> the re, the idea of reverse hush money that is payment to not engage with people, to not engage with people with uh, other parties who might have been. Uh, you know, might have been exposed or involved in some way to information that could be damaging. So that's that's a reason, for example, nobody talks to... Not nobody. That's not fair. Uh, nobody in political convoy, which is becoming an increasingly smaller and smaller group, by the way, if you notice. A lot of people have abandoned that. I guess either the checks have stopped running or people's conscience is getting the better, better of them. But the those people, the, the people that have been getting the uh, reverse hush, hush money, they that's why those people in political convoy have not been speaking with or acknowledge Bridget Belton. You can tell by who they they block. So, you know, uh, Cockroach Wilson and uh, what's his name? Uh, Hurtlocker Morazzo, those guys, you know, they'll block everybody and then smear them. So the the person who's being targeted, doesn't see the defamatory co- comments because, well, they're blocked. That's a strategy. It's an intentional strategy, right? And that's where uh, reverse hush money uh, comes into all of this, right? So there's hush money and then there's reverse hush money. Go, don't, don't go talk to them. Uh, take the momentum and put it on somebody else. Make somebody else the hero, not the people who actually did the hard work. That's reverse hush money. And it's it's funny. I overlay that to a whole bunch of things that have been uh, operating. Uh, Jesse says, "Well, I haven't heard much from Tom in a while." You won't, you won't, because I nuked him in the POEC. That my testimony in the POEC ended his career, so he's now just a political water boy. They throw him around from place to place, place to place, just to make him feel important from time to time. But he's done his political career is over. Right? They'll make him run in the fake party, and he'll you know try they'll try to prop him up for. You know for the per- for some political purpose, but that's it he's uh you know he's irrelevant, so it's my testimony that nuked him and nuked Wilson, which is probably why you didn't see Wilson when he was on camera uh they wouldn't want that to happen not since war war campaign called them out too, yeah, yeah I guess so uh and I'm sure they're gonna be doing more right but th- take that idea of hush money, reverse hush money and Um, who sabotaged the convoy, because that's all in one sort of space, okay? So we're going to take that, we're going to park that over there, okay? Now, I want to move on to uh, a a related topic to to bring this all together, this concept, because it's going to be related to some other stuff. What is more damaging? I talked about this in a space last week, this week, I can't even remember. What is more damn... Oh, yeah. By the way, Wednesdays, uh, political Bitcoin hour. That's where we were talking about this. We talk about uh, politics for people who are into Bitcoin and, you know, where things are converging both in the Bitcoin space and political space. And sometimes we diverge off in either direction. So Wednesdays at... I'm hosting with Brendan Gentili. Usually around uh 1 o'clock. 1 o'clock is usually, like, our hard start time. So, all right. We have that concept off to the side of... Who sabotaged the convoy? Hush money, reverse hush money is over there. Okay, fine. Now, who is more damaging? And I'm going to explain this so we understand. The question is, who is more damaging? A political operative or an intelligence operative? Now, what's the difference? And this is what I was discussing this week. We always hear people get a little... um, Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, Pat King, who I don't know, did a stream this week. And somebody sent me a little clip. Everybody's sending me so many little clips of stuff. (laughs) God, So running out of time. And he said something. It was the part that I saw was weird. He said uh, something like, yeah, you know, I know everybody in the government is watching us. It's like maybe, probably, probably somebody, uh, you know, in uh, related to the crown's office, you know, because they're prosecuting. But that's probably about it. But then he says, yeah, I know all you people from the CIA and the FBI are watching us. And I thought, it's a foreign country, brother. <laughs> it's a foreign country. Um, and it's it's not his fault. People have been seeded with this, right? They've been primed to have this opinion that anytime they see any sort of manipulation or injustice, they automatic re, automatically re, react with the CIA or the FBI. Okay, so the CIA and FBI are intelligence uh, bureaus in a foreign country. that That's foreign. They're, they're not hanging around uh, the Freedom Convoy and our streams. Not the CIA and FBI. I would argue probably not even CISUS, but you never know because they're not the most confident people in the world. But um, those are intelligence ops, okay, operators. But I think what we miss is the people who truly move narratives. And those are political operatives because... When somebody is a, is works within a government institution. I mean, all of us know people who work for bureaucratic organizations. It doesn't matter if they're a teacher or if a police officer or something more. All of them have very stringent guidelines of what they can and cannot do, right? Because if not, they can be reprimanded by the bureaucracy. But you know who you know who won't, you know who is not subjected to that same level of, I won't say scrutiny, but rigid regulations, people tied to political parties, people tied to political donors, proxy organizations that are funded by political donors. Yes, I'm saying what you think I'm saying. It's not the intelligence operatives that deal with much of these on the ground grassroots protests and stuff. They're all political operatives. Look at the radical left. Look at the radical left extremism, right? You really think that's, in the, well, in the U.S., the CIA that's getting involved in like local school stuff? No. They may be called in to get involved after the fact through some political contacts, but it comes from political operatives. It's really important we need to understand this. We can't always keep jumping when we see something that doesn't make sense or we suspect and we can feel there's something not right and there's something behind it that, oh, it's the CIA, oh, it's the FBI, oh, it's the RCMP. Not saying that doesn't sometimes happen and that they sometimes don't get involved. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's many, many cases. And probably in the the past, it was more. But now that the political class and these political proxy organizations are becoming so well-funded and they have people who have ties to billions of dollars who want to control political narratives. That's where the, That's where the. Um, that's where the friction is coming from. And I see your point. During the convoy, CSIS and the RCMP said no terrorism, etc. Yet the government blew it up exactly because it's political operatives that are doing this. It's not intelligence operatives, right? again they have such stringent and look you work for abc three letter organization or police organization or whatever you don't want to lose your job you got a mortgage you got kids at home usually young kids and whatever you're going to go stick your neck out for some you know bs fake psyop narrative whatever screw that you got a pension you're working for but people in the political space will And the thing that's unique to people in the political space is they often work for free. They work for promises. They work for financial boosting of their their platforms. They work for for boosting of their personal platforms, for clout to be introduced to other political figures. And I guess you see this when you get involved in politics, how desperate some of these people are. It's really, it's kind of weird. So in the United States, I'm going to flip over to the United States for a second. There was something called, and uh, shout out to Michelle Weekly who is in Tampa, Florida. Uh, she's wonderful. She She's the one who, I didn't know remember the name of this act, uh, but she's been on this for quite some time. Uh, it's called the Smith-Mund Act, M-U-N-D-T, I believe it's spelt. So what is the Smith, Smith-Mund Act? It's an act that was written into law in 1948, and it basically said that the government... It is illegal for the government, three-letter agencies, all that sort of stuff, to propagandize uh, American citizens. It's illegal for them to lie to American citizens. I didn't say that doesn't happen, just to be clear. But it is illegal in law for them to engage in that sort of activity. Until, Until Obama essentially repealed that. And they don't call it repealing it. It's called the modernization of the Smith-Mund Act. That's what Obama did in his, what, I think his second last year that he was in office. I think it was in uh, 14 or something. I'm not sure the exact, date. I don't remember. So you can look it up. The um, modernization of the Smith-Mund Act, which is an act on itself. And that essentially allowed uh, government institutions and bodies and whatever to once again... Conduct, I guess, psyops, propagandize, manipulate uh, the American public, and all that sort of stuff. Which I guess is around the time things started to get really crazy, isn't it? Around maybe, you know, it's a latency of a couple of years. But you see, with political narratives, things have gone crazy. But I would argue, I don't think this was done for intelligence agencies. I think this is something that political organizations are involved in, and you look in the case of the United States, which we're talking about, the Democratic Party has has its tentacles in everything, in financial institutions. It's really quite scary what it's uh, what it's linked to, and if the smith munda Act was modernized, then perhaps it would allow the political organizations that are running. Different manipulation tactics, which we're going to talk about much more, by the way, uh, because I've seen some of that go on in Canada. But maybe the idea is it would allow the political structure that would engage in this sort of propagandizing and manipulation to then work with... um, Three-letter agencies and intelligence uh, agencies. Maybe it just a le- kind of bridge the gap a little bit. Again, they're not going to do it on their own. But if there's somebody who's of certain political influence, somebody who is elected to office, and they have you know their, their foot soldiers on the ground, I don't know, uh, antifa or what I call it trans tifa because they're all trans. Uh, somebody on trans tifa needs. Uh, some assistance or they need help with reconnaissance or they need help with, I don't know, surveillance, then it would allow them uh, to allow an elected uh, official to bridge the gap between somebody in a three-letter agency um, who might be, I don't know, sympathetic is not the right word, right? Right. But it would allow them maybe to bridge that gap between the, on the, the grassroots level of activism, much of which is controlled, but not all of it. It would allow them to be a conduit between them and the resources of three-letter agencies. I don't know if that's the case, but it kind of it feels right, doesn't it? It, it, feels, it feels more logical that that's how it works out, I would think. I don't know. It's my... By assumption, and um... Uh, do, 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 uh, oh, and yeah, and the last point: why? What is the point of this? Why? Why would they do this? Because, as I, I've said in this stream many times before, when I was involved more deeply politically, the one phrase I heard all the time, and that's what I saw it happening in the convoy. I just didn't know who. Like, I know some of the people that were involved, you know, the JCCF, which is a proxy for the Conservative Party. But, like, um, oh, yeah, and they can go fuck themselves. And some other organizations, they, um, they, they, they had that exact same worldview of we need to control the messaging. I heard that all the time in Paul, control the messaging. Control the messaging. We have to control the messaging. We have to control which is crazy. It was like, no, 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 well you we can actually teach people how to message around things. No, 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 we got to control the messaging. Um and I think these are all tactics that to help control messaging. I think that's where this all comes from, right? That it allows the grassroots organizations to be controlled by people who are maybe of high net worth, maybe politically engaged, maybe uh, tangentially related to issues within governance, maybe linked to eat NGOs, I'm not sure. And it allows them to work within the ecosystem to utilize limited resources with people within either law enforcement or um, surveillance organizations, let's put it that way, to ensure that they control the narrative to ensure they control the messaging, which is what we've seen going on with political convoy, right? Everybody who's here who's been following me for a while knows what you're being exposed to is a lie. It's factually untrue, right? That there were many people that were engaged in on the ground in Freedom Convoy, that it was decentralized, it was organic, The uh, political class clearly tried to co-opt it as much as possible in many opportunities. And there was some pain in the ass named Dictor that kept, you know, blocking them from doing so. So what do they do? They get the minions within political parties to go and defame Dictor online. So you won't listen to Dictor, right? Because God forbid you understand how this entire mechanism works, Right. And I think that's what we're dealing with. All of these things are, they're not all directly linked. But I think it's its like many things in life, things are, they go in, they go directionally in the same direction, like the, the radical left, they don't all have to talk to each other. They have similar worldviews, so they go directionally in the same direction, right? Doesn't mean they don't sort of cross swords from once in a while, whatever, but I argue you see that on the opposite side of the political spectrum as well. The difference is it's a lot quieter. It's – they're not – you know, you see people like – what's that guy's name? The, guy, the the WF guy. What's his name? Mm. Uh, Klaus Schwab. That's right. Um, they, he's a showboat, right? He's a car salesman and a little bit of a narcissist. On the right side of politics or on the other side of politics – I think you see similar things starting to grow, uh, which is concerning me. Because you know, there's that expression I remember. Was it Jordan Peterson said, uh, "You don't fight identity to- identity politics with identity politics." I think it's very similar here. You don't you don't fight um, political. What's the word, word I'm looking for? You don't fight this growing adversarial political structure that's completely unethical with behaving unethically right like you you don't do that you can beat them on the facts and the merit we just have to learn how to persuade and to message around it which is what i was doing in the freedom convoy messaging around it however we got to control the messaging right So, um, uh, I must be a very bad person. I keep listening to to that dictator guy. Stay positive and keep telling the truth. Beth, you're the best. You guys are all awesome. You're all very sweet. And thank you, everybody, who's in the Discord as well. And if you're not on the Discord and you want to be in the Discord, uh, please join. Uh, Don't do what I do, do what I say. Um, Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they are. And it's really weird. It's, uh, it's really cultish, the behavior. The last topic I'm going to get into, but I want to just preface this, okay? Uh, because I've been getting so many messages over the past week, and I want to thank everybody for all your messages. You're amazing. But uh, first thing, no, I don't know what happened to the $5 million the JCCF raised for the legal defense of Tamara and, I guess, Chris Barber, those two people. Um, or sorry, sorry, the political convoy board and Tamara, I I don't know what happened that $5 million. So I've been asked many, many times. Um, and no, I don't know why the democracy fund, uh, needs another three, needs $300,000 now to, uh, defend, uh, Tamara while abandoning the rest of the truckers. I don't know. I, I really, I know nothing about what's going on there but it's interesting how they're passing somebody around from the JCCF who's very close friends with Ezra Levant to the Democracy Fund which is Ezra Levant that's his group and uh trying to seek another $300,000. I have no idea. Um but I'm guessing the people who have been who've been abandoned by all of them don't have memberships to political parties. That's just my my hunch, right? Uh, come on, Matt, You are uh, an insider. Just kidding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're so frustrating. Okay. Anyways, okay. The other thing I've been getting so many messages for uh, since the um, the last stream over the last week while I was gone was uh, Dave Rubin interviewed uh, Tamara Leach, and uh, so I'll preface this. Because so many things have been thrown... I haven't watched it. I told you before, I haven't watched any of Tamara's stuff. I just kind of move on with my life, do my own thing, and uh, focus on work and other projects and whatever. I'm, I'm not living in the past, right? Um, the, the Freedom Convoy was an amazing moment where we all unified. Uh, we got fucked by a bunch of political parties, but that doesn't take away from the fact that we all managed to unify and focus on peace and love and unity and we all came together for a little while, and um, I, I'm hoping that's going to be something that we can tap into again in the future. We won't right now with all these political hacks, uh, online running bot accounts, calling me names, calling Chad names, calling Bridget names. You know, it's funny, all the people who are there doing our best, all of us are getting called names now. Isn't that funny? And all of us don't happen to be part of a political party for whatever reason. It's it's interesting. So anyways... Um, so, yes, somebody brought this up to me. I didn't know because, again, I haven't watched it. I only watched this one little section, which um, a bunch of people told me about. And thank you, Lisa, for giving me the timestamp and for uh, letting me know where to find this. But the first thing was uh, Dave mentioned her lawyer was in the studio. Keith Wilson was in the studio next to her, off camera, but he was there. Why? And who paid for those plane tickets? I mean, remember, Keith Wilson couldn't afford to fly in Ottawa. They had to go to, uh, uh, what's it called? They had to go to Chris Guerra, who was running a fundraiser, uh, to fleece him for $63,000 to bring in the plane of hell because he couldn't afford to drive to uh, Ottawa for some reason. So uh, who's paying for him to fly there? And who's paying for them to fly to Florida? Like, Hey, that's my stomping ground. (laughs) Anyways, it's just a joke. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But um, that's the other thing I was told. But anyways, there's a a part that I was told about because a lot of you have been paying attention and going down the weeds a little bit to see how much things have progressed. Uh, I'm going to read the question or I guess the lead-in from Dave and then I'm going to read the response. And... um, Uh, This is something you you picked up and I'll just kind of comment on it. Um, Dave asks, he said, quote, but then this bank account thing happens. So talk about that. Do you have any sense that something like that was coming? Um, How was that laid out and how did that affect you? Okay, so what he's talking about is not having our personal bank accounts frozen. They're talking about getting the GoFundMe money into a bank account, Okay. Which I was told they were working on, they're having problems or whatever. okay fine. So uh, Tamara responded, "Well, as we will, uh, as we were dealing with GoFundMe, that was the initial crowdfunding platform we used, and we had an account come in, an accountant come in. That would be Chad. And he was actually trying to set up the bank account for us because I had set it up to go into one of my personal bank accounts. This is the key part. And then she says, she throws TD under the bus, which, listen, I'm no lover of banks, Bitcoin. She says, so TD was just dragging their feet, dragging their feet, dragging their feet. So I sensed something was up. Do you get the sense there's something more? What do you think? Do you think there's something more? Well, there's a little bit more that was omitted from that, okay? I'm going to go through this again so you understand. But then this bank account thing happens, so talk about that. Did you have any sense that something like that was coming? How was that laid out, and how did that affect you? And she responds, well, we were dealing with GoFundMe. That was the initial crowdfunding platform, and we had an accountant come in, Chad, And he was actually trying to set up the bank account for us because I had just set it it up to go into one of my personal bank accounts. So TD Bank was just dragging their feet, dragging their feet, dragging their feet. So I sensed something was up. Do you want to know the part that she missed that's come to light, which is kind of important? And I wasn't told this either. But thank God for email communications and people taking records. According to uh, to TD Bank, Toronto Dominion Bank, they were calling her for six days. Six days. So she was telling me and everybody else, we don't have money. What are we going to do for money? What are you going to do for money? Call your bank back. I didn't know that. They were calling her for six days because she had $1.4 million go into a personal account. I'm gonna tell. One day, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about our conversation on this issue leading up to it, and me warning about uh, being careful, AML money coming in, uh, different you know baggage around it because it was political. I, I the first day, just before our first press conference, I had a conversation with her, and I explained Tamara, but I'll I'll talk about that another time. But so what she says is TD was just dragging their feet, dragging their feet, dragging their feet, and I sensed something was up. Now, TD Bank was calling her every day for six days saying, Tamara, you can't put $1.9 million from a crowdfunding campaign on GoFundMe into your personal account. It has to be into a nonprofit account. So please set it up, call us, and set up a nonprofit account. And she didn't return their phone call. And apparently they called her every day. What's that about? Does that make sense? Does, does that square with with what we're, we're being told? You get the sense there's a lot more going on. It's really frustrating, right? While well, we were dealing with the GoFundMe, that was the initial crowdfunding platform we used. We had an accountant come in and he was actually trying to set up the bank account for us because I had set it up to go to my personal bank accounts. So TD Bank was dragging, for, dragging their feet, dragging their feet, dragging their feet. So I sensed something was up. Now, by the way, lots of credit to Diverge Media. Diverge Media is doing uh, a lot of research on this and they're going to have something coming out. Uh, over the next few months. I don't know all the details, I just know a little bit. And this is some of uh, Chad's information, who was the accountant she's talking about here. And to, needless to say, he was a little bit, you know, perturbed when he found, he posted about that on Facebook this week, an apology to TD Bank. But there's also something else that uh, Diverge will go into the details for all of you. She said she had an accountant come in, and that's relevant to the conversation I had with her, which I'll explain at a later date. Um, I didn't know until the POEC. I kept hearing, I think Tamara mentioned it in her, her testimony. Again, I didn't watch it because it probably would have gone crazy. Mm, that I kept hearing this term, fundraising committee. What the hell fundraising committee? I didn't know the time. I thought maybe they're just a hyperbolic description of Chad and somebody else on, you know, the Freedom Corp board or whatever. Well, it turns out, according to her, there was a separate fundraising committee with a certified accountant, a CPA, on that board in Alberta that she never told me about. Why? And... Wouldn't that CPA advise her, don't put $1.4 million from a charitable GoFundMe into your personal account? What's going on? That doesn't make sense. Like, that's the most basic, basic rule of accounting, right? That if you're running a nonprofit, you send the money to a registered nonprofit, it doesn't go to your personal account. And that's related to the conversation that we had in the Swiss Hotel. And she knows exactly what we're talking about. Maybe she'll describe it one day. And if she doesn't, I will. Oh, the tangled web that we weave. So, um, yeah, she. I, I couldn't believe when I saw this. And thank you again, Lisa, for for sending me the link. And everybody who's been messaging me about this saying... You know, TD Bank dragging for dragging for their feet, dragging their feet. Like, think about it logically. You're involved in anything, anything, a, a small business, a startup, uh, you know, something grassroots, something political, and you actively work for days at a time. Because I was on the phone with her when I remember I had to leave for a day and a half. Ended up being two days because the car accident. And when I came back, that whole time I was talking to her like every hour because they were trying to get the money released from GoFundMe and transferred. And I remember I was leaving Elmira and she said, yeah, it looks like everything's going to work out. We just spoke to them for 45 minutes. I said, great, because the, the uh, Toronto Star has taken the bait. I'm going to message around that. Great. So then the money transfers and then you just ignore it. I, What? I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense. That's not how humans behave. Like with $1.4 million, when you don't have that kind of money, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot. Like that is significant. How do you deal with that? And just all of a sudden, okay, ignore it. You get a transfer and then your bank tries to call you. I have them on speed dial. Yeah, we just had this thing with GoFundMe, which is everything okay. Do I need to do something different? What's going on? But just ignore it for six days. Now, there's way more to this story that Diverge Media, I guess, is digging down deep into it. But this is just one of the kernels why you need to not just follow Diverge Media and Greg Staley is working like a dog to to go through all of this material, but share his material with everybody else. Because everybody is suffering narrative poisoning. And what we're seeing is this exercise of reinforcing this narrative poison to exploit people for more money. And remember we talked about, I mentioned, it's all about ethics, right? For me, truth is ethics. And to those people who say, oh, you, you know, with, without a religious framework, you don't have ethics. Yeah. How many people around, around this claim to be uh, religious conservatives? Social conservatives who are engaged in this stuff like it 's really frustrating it's really frustrating and by the way, you know I have lots of love for Christians and religious conservatives of all faith and whatever like i'm down with you I'm my my best one of my three best friends is very very religious, and I know the utility that religion has given him it's given him badly need structure, but you know to say you need it for to have uh, an an ethical framework, I don't know. So, um, and also you can follow Chad on Facebook, Chad Eros has been posting a lot of this stuff. And, you know, Chad has very long threads on this stuff and he can explain it uh, because he was intimately involved with the money part. I wasn't, I was the messaging guy. All we had had conversations about, because I needed to know if GoFundMe is gonna release the money or not because I need to know how to message around it. That's how I really cared, right? Um, and me and Tamara both agreed during the convoy. We didn't care about the money. The money was for the truckers, and we got to get it to them, and that's it. So I didn't, you know, slowly only goes to them, that's fine, right? Uh, yeah, more sh- Beth says, yeah, more shit going on behind the scenes, more questions. Um, uh, Jana, hey, what's up, Jana? Uh, says, oh, my, obvious. Yeah, there's a lot of things you would think are obvious, right? But. So all of this is – I'm not going to go into all the other interviews and other inconsistencies. I'm getting messages telling me there are. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there's a whole bunch because this is all scripted, which is why her uh, lawyer, I guess, was beside her. But it's really sad to see people like uh, uh, Peterson and Dave Rubin being taken advantage of. I really – I got a lot of time for those guys, but feel bad for them, you know? Uh, but what are you going to do, right? It is what it is. You can do your best to uh, to inform people. And, you know, just to switch on to the positive framing for the end. First, I do get so many messages from people asking me, go on Jordan Peterson, and now go on Dave Rubin. <laughs> well, thank you. But firstly, I, I'm i in a truck. I got other stuff to do in my life. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff uh, sometime in the near future. There's some things that are in the works. But, uh, you know, to both of them, I have made myself available uh, a long time ago when when this came out. I made myself available, but for whatever reason, they didn't want to, um, I don't know. I, I mean, Jordan did me the solid of doing the endorsement of the book, which I'm eternally grateful for. I sent it to Dave directly, and uh, I don't know, they didn't have interest in it for some reason. But for some reason, they have interest in this book. I'm not sure why. Um... But anyways, so that's maybe that has to do with my lack of political affiliation to a political party. I'm not sure. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, for me, people, I have a lot of people say, asking me, how are you so positive? Uh, well, first, I'm, part, I'm not part of political convoy. I don't need to lie to people. I don't need to, you know, go against my own moral code and ethics. Uh, I sleep like a baby because all I do is tell you guys the truth and go on with my life, right? Um, I was not there to be part of political convoy, I was there to help all of you uh, reunify, send positive messages to get everybody to open their arms to one another around peace, love, unity, and freedom, as I said many times, and end the mandates and end the Arrive Can. And I think we did that over time. Um, And the other thing is I've learned don't ever help political people, no matter what. Don't help them. Mm -mm. This is what you get into. You help And then they throw you under the bus and then they try to smear you. Keep away from political people. Don't help them. You know, you have to say, oh, I'm involved in politics. Get away from them. Just scatter. (laughs) Yana says, because you're real. I don't know. I'm just a regular dude. Whatever. And then you know what else for the positive framing? um, This was, I don't know. I got to thank so many of you for sending me private messages and messages of encouragement uh, based on something I posted the other day, and I want to call it up here. Uh, if I could, you know, if I could do three things at once, I would post it in the chat. But you can find it if you go to my feed; you can scroll down. And I posted what is still my favorite cartoon. It's a uh, it's a Snoopy or it's a Peanuts cartoon, and I this is this was my comment around it, and this was legitimate. This was the night before. I put, Last night, I spent time consoling someone special going through a breast cancer scare. Every day is a gift, especially the days you help others feel truly blessed in the face of adversity. And the cartoon is of Snoopy and Charlie Brown at the end of the dock under the moonlit night. And Charlie says we only live once Snoopy and Snoopy responds, no, we only die once, we live every day. And that's the frame of which I was trying to communicate everything from the Freedom Convoy. And if we can maintain that frame of taking care of one another, doesn't mean we don't spar once in a while and argue with each other, of course we do but stay within that positive frame of caring for one, one another. You know, this particular person who's going through this issue uh, said to me a while ago, uh, she said to me, I don't understand how you're so confident and how nothing bothers you. So because I'm true to myself and I'm true to everybody else. And if I make a mistake, I'll tell you I make a mistake. Okay, whatever. That's just life, right? And if you do that from that positive frame, you'll you can't. You, it's not possible uh, to be insecure with yourself, right? So, anyways, uh, you guys are all amazing. You get sent such nice comments. Um, uh, Jesse says, "What you mean, Tamara isn't a trucker like Ezra says?" <laughs> no, no, Tamara's not a trucker. She's uh, she, she's not a trucker. She's uh, very much in over her head, and I feel pity for her. I really do. Um, but I will never sacrifice my reputation, and maybe that's why I'm not convenient for political parties who are obsessed with controlling the message. Cheryl, love wins. 100% it does. Cheryl, I hope you're doing better since Miss Daisy passed. I know that was uh, significant, especially having a dog for 17 years that is really that is really uh, a long time so i do feel for you um i know someone that has an incredible platform and has always been through the two of you would be great Um, okay maybe i I don't know i got a bunch of stuff coming up in the fall uh i'm going to talk more about that sometime soon uh uh, Beth says that was a moving post BJ again I'm glad you were there for your friend hugs to your friend and you know what that's why I was there for tomorrow when I went to Ottawa I was there for a friend who wanted help I guess sometimes you learn who you should and shouldn't help what can you do but you're all better off for it and I hope you are enjoying your life being massless and um, no longer being oppressed by the foot of uh, your government.